say some things to us this morning, wanting to encourage us. But if we're not careful, uh, you know, uh, sometimes we just want to hear certain things from the Word of God. And, and if, we're now, if we just feed on one thing, we get lopsided. And so, um, you and I, we're, we're, we're seeing so much sin abound. We're seeing so much confusion. We're seeing so much misunderstanding that we're going to have to, to stand on the Word of God like never before. And we're going to have to teach the Word of God out of our own lives or we're going to lose a generation. And um, we've got to challenge people that God's a holy God. And, and, and the Bible, out of the mouth of Jesus, you know, if we're going to see God, we've got to have a pure heart. We've got to have a holy heart. And, and that can only come by this word, by Jesus, the washing and regeneration of the word of God, Ephesians chapter 5. And, and, and you and I need it desperately. I just want to read you a couple of things. I, I printed this out. And if anybody wants a copy of it, I'll give it to you. This is so shocking. Uh, I, I can't even tell you where, where we're at. It says... Uh, that approximately one-third of the population of the United States, which would be 110 million people, uh, they're dealing with a sexually transmitted disease that they can't get rid of. It says every year there's 20 million new STD cases in America, and 50% of those are teenage kids. Because we're not teaching our children anything. Do what you want to do. There's no consequence. There's a consequence. I didn't have nobody teach me. You know what? I'm sorry, but what my dad told me, don't you get her pregnant. He didn't tell me I was going to go to hell if I died. I, I, I had chance upon chance to die. Come on, car accidents, different things, situations. But God protected me, amen? Thank God for grace. Because I was in sin. Sin's real, okay? And sin separates you and I from God. And if we're separated from God, we're going to hell. I'm sorry, this is the truth. It says that 89% of all the pornography in the world is produced here in the United States. 89%. This, this, is, this is so sad. This way, i got a hundred things here that would just blow your mind. But I want to look at this. It says that... Um, it's projected that the percentage of Americans attending church uh, in the year 2050 will be one half of what we have today in 2021 when this was taken. Can you imagine what we'd be like if half the people go to church in 2050 that we've got today? We've got to make people hungry for church. The God of the church, the Jesus of the church, amen? Now listen to this, and then we'll get into our text. It says that according to LifeWave Research, 46% of Americans never think about whether they'll go to heaven or not. Because people are blinded. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. All right, Matthew chapter 15, look at the mouth of Jesus, red letter. We won't read all of this. You need to read the first uh uh, 13 verses, but we're just going to read verse uh, 14 for sake of time. Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. If you're there, say amen. Out of the mouth of Jesus, he said, Let them alone. He's talking about the religious. They thought they were just fine. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. 
and if the blind lead the blind, both, both shall fall in the ditch. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, talking about the working of the enemy inside religion, if you would. It says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed, he's transfigured, he's disguised into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity by the Holy Ghost to be able to hear your word and to be able to receive a, a new light in our life that will bring vision, that will bring wisdom, that will bring understanding, that will bring us to a new level in you. Let us be pruned. Let us be purged. And let us adhere to your word and accept your standard and not the standard of some man. We thank you for it. We'll be quick to hear and to obey. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen. So my question to you this morning is, by the Spirit of God, will you and I let the Lord read our heart? Will we let Him read our heart? See, our, our heart can get blinded if we're not careful. We, we can get into a situation and a circumstance where we're just living our life. Life is busy. Come on, you're trying to take care of your family. You're trying to take care uh, of, your, of your friends. You're trying to take care of yourself. Life gets complicated. Come on, life is complicated. You've you got a lot of things going on. And if we are not very careful, we can get so caught up in just living life that we're, not, we're alive, but we're not living. We can get so caught up that we, we don't really see what's happening around us. Around us, our nation is imploding. We've got rights. We've got hate. We've got misunderstanding. We've got confusion. We've got all of these things that's abounding that can be stopped if we'll turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we'll put the Word first in our life. If we'll show people that the God is not some archaic figure, something that's way out in space somewhere, but the God that gave us Jesus Christ is alive. He's alive in you. He's alive in the church. Amen. So I want you to think about some things this morning. Uh, Jesus said, going back to, uh, to, to verse 14, He said, Let them alone, they that be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. And He's talking to uh, the, the, the Jewish leaders, the church people, the religious of that time. And, and Jesus said, They're going to fall into that ditch. That ditch is a cistern. They're going to fall in the very thing they've built for themselves. See, you, you dig a cistern in this time, so you have what? You have water. Well, if you don't have something that is pure and living, you've got a problem. So they're going to fall into the very thing that they thought was going to bring them life, bring them freedom. They're going to fall into something that's going to kill them. And Jesus said, when they fall into it, they're not coming out. So it's up to you and I to be in the place and the position where we recognize that I can be blinded by false light. That's why we read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. See, think about it. When, when you and I start looking, when you wake up in the morning and you look out the window and the sun's coming up there in that eastern sky, when you first look at it, come on, you, you, you can't hardly see it because it, it's, it's got a brightness to it. Your eyes has got to adjust to it. 
Well, what is happening in America and the world today? Satan is transformed, transfigured as an angel of a light. He has a message. And people, when they first see that, they know something's wrong. They know their eyes are not adjusting to it. But the longer they look at it, all of a sudden, the standard of Jesus Christ, the true light, gets put down. Their eyes get adjusted to this false light. They get blinded to the truth. And they open up their heart and their lives to a lie. The Bible says, whoever sins, the soul that sinneth out of the mouth of God is going to die. You and I, we've got to get sin out of our life. We've got to stand up for righteousness and holiness. We've got to recognize that there is a price to pay. Yes, thank God for grace. And thank God that you and I can walk with Jesus. And if we're walking in the light as He's in the light, He will cleanse us. But if you and I, if we don't hold up to the the, the very Word of God being the first and the last say in our life, we're going to find ourselves just like Israel did. See, Israel, they said, we've got God. We've got the temple. Nothing can happen to us. What do you think America's doing? We're standing up. Oh, we're God's nation. Thank God we are God's nation. But you and I, when we turn our back, when when the tipping point comes to that final place, guess what? God's going to judge us just like He did Israel. Now, we're in the place of grace right now. I don't know how long God's going to give us grace. I'm I'm believing for the harvest just like you are, and I'm trusting in Him. But you and I have got to be in the place and the position that we realize that there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. And right now, this is a season where we work while it's light, and we bring uh, the light of the Lord into a dark group of people. Amen? We've got to do it. Brother Ryan, put Hebrews 4.12 up here. See, you and I, we cannot know the truth. We cannot know our heart other than by the Word of God. Hebrews 4 and 12, uh, the Word of God says, For the Word of God is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, it's it's able. It's the only thing that's able. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and here's our body, and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, you and I, we don't even know what our heart wants without the Word of God. That's why you've got so many people who are doing everything they can to find peace, to find pleasure, to find uh, some meaning in this life, but they're doing it without the Word. Without the Word, they're blinded. They're blinded. The Word can only show you and I where we're at, show us who we are, showing what we're destined to be. We've got to have the Word. Amen? You and I, we need it desperately. And we've got to get it out to other people. If we don't, we've got a problem. So I want you to look this morning three things. Go with me to the the book of Deuteronomy. And let's, let's see about how this is the warning from the Lord, how you and I, we can deceive ourselves or we can be deceived by another person. We're going to look at Old Testament, New Testament, tie it together. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, this is out of the mouth of the Lord talking in and through uh, uh, Moses. But look what he says in verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 16. The Word of God says, Take heed to yourselves. In other words, you're going to have to guard your own life. You're going to have to attend, protect your own life. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. Now, if he gave that warning to Moses under the old covenant, and we'll look in the new covenant where we have the same warning, then we need to be on guard. This word, take heart, take heed that your heart be not deceived. This word deceived here is a Hebrew word. It means that your heart is opened 
to something other than God. Open to something other than the Word of the living God. Because if you and I open up our heart and go, well, that's okay. Everybody's doing it. It's God. Did God sanction it? The Bible says, whatever I do in the New Testament, whatever you do, do it as doing it unto the Lord. If I'm not, if I can't do it as doing it under the Lord, it's not sanctioned by God and it's sin. It will separate me from God. It will bring me under judgment and it will bring an open door for the devil to work in my life. Take heed. I'm telling you, I know the Holy Ghost spoke so clear. There's some things that's happening in our lives today that we're blinded about and the devil's sneaking up behind you and behind me and he's got a plan to steal, kill and destroy God's goodness out of your life, out of my life. And we've got to say no. I want to hear by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived. What happens when your heart gets open to other things and you turn aside? And you serve other gods and you worship them. See, all of a sudden, well, it don't matter. I, I, don't, I don't have to pray right now. I, I'll pray later. Oh, I, I don't have to read my Bible right now. I, I, I'll read it later. I know God told me to, 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 to call and check on this person. Uh, he, he, he wanted me to, to encourage them, but I, I'll do it later. I, I know God said to do this, but well, I've got time for that later. See, all of a sudden we're turning aside. Oh, I don't, have, I don't need to go to church. I, I, went, I went last week. week no, a week before. I was, I was there sometime. Hebrews 10, 10, 25 tells us, As we see the day of the Lord approaching, forsake not your assembling yourself together. Now, we're not saved by church, but I need you in church. You need me in church. We need to be together in church. You bring the Lord with you. I bring Him with me. We come together and we get stronger. Amen. We encourage one another. We build one another up. He said if we didn't take heed, if we didn't protect our own heart, that we would be deceived and before we knew it, we'd be serving something else. Let me tell you, I know exactly how this happens. Don and I were going along, everything was just fine, just fine. Everything was wonderful. And all of a sudden, we got a little offended about some things. And, and, and so we started missing a church service here, missing a church service there. I, I, I don't want to get up and pray this morning. I just don't, you know, I got some other things on my mind. And before we know it, we stepped out of our calling, stepped out of where we were supposed to be, and we were just looking for another church. A church that would be easy on me. Where God wasn't involved in it, so I didn't have to lift up a standard of Jesus. I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Come on, it was the roughest two years of our life. Like the Losters, Donna and and Tori went in a car accident. All sorts of things happened that could have, the devil had an agenda and a plan to bring hurt and hindrance. Amen. We've got to be on guard. In Jeremiah chapter 37, down about verse 9, God's talking through the prophet Jeremiah, and he, he tells him, he said, Thus saith the Lord, take heed that you don't deceive yourself. See, we can deceive our self very easily. I mean, let's go to the New Testament. Go with me to Luke chapter 21. We could go to Matthew 24, 4, but let's look at Luke chapter 21, verse 8. Luke 21, verse number 8, out of the mouth of Jesus. Jesus says, Take heed that you be not deceived, 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go you not, therefore, after them. There's, going to, there's people that is after you. The devil has got people. He's setting them up in strategic positions of influence. He's blessing them. The devil loves to bless. We think he just wants to steal, kill, and destroy in the way that we see it. But the main way that he does it is he blesses people and he gets their hearts so far away from God that they don't understand even what's happening to them. Come on. We, we, well, out of his own mouth, Don and I heard it, Steve Harvey. Come on, he's, he, he's a man that has, is having success that's unfathomable. I mean, he's got two or three different TV shows, a radio show, all of these things. Out of his own mouth. He said, they are many ways to God. See, he was a believer. He, he, he got born again, but now all of a sudden, he said that just like there's 800 cable channels, and all 800 cable channels lead to entertainment, he said there's many channels to God. There's many ways. That's a lie. There's one way to the Lord God Almighty, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that's a lie. He's leading people astray. Take heed that no man deceive you. Just because somebody's successful and, and it looks like that they've got a good life, you don't pattern your life after them. You pattern your life after this Bible. This is your only hope. This is the way, the truth to life, and anything else is a lie. We've got to live by this word or we don't have life. Amen? Let's go to the writings of Paul. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read verse number 6. And then we'll back up. Now this is the warning. This is the warning. We're looking at three W's this morning. The warning, Ephesians 5, 6. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, Let no man deceive you. Let no man cheat you. How, how's, how's somebody going to cheat you? With vain words, with empty words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. I'm sorry, Jesus said, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Thank God for grace, but grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not a license to do what you want to do. You are bought with the price. I am bought with the price. Our life is not our own. He owns us. He's our master, our Lord, our Savior. We are called to be His servants now. And we're either going to serve Him or we're going to serve the devil. There's no in-between. If we serve God, then our life, it may be rough here on earth. I'm sorry. The more you serve God, the more you're going to get attacked by the devil and all of these things. But you are laying up treasures in heaven. You're, you've got a confidence, a hope of your future, of your destiny. Don't take the easy way. The easy way. I, my whole life, I've wanted to take the easy way. Come on, I'm being honest with you. I'm just, I, my, my flesh likes the easy way. But the easy way, your soul, your, your, your spirit is never at peace. But when you, when you do things God's way, there's just a peace. Because you know all is well. Amen? Amen? All right, notice. Let no man deceive you. Don't let no man cheat you with empty words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. What's the vain words? See, we've got to jump back up. And look at the previous five verses. The Word of God says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. We're either going to follow the Lord or we're going to follow the world. 
See, this word follow is from a Greek word. It's mimetes, and it means to imitate. It's where we get our word imitator. Mimic. See, I remember as a child, I'd walk behind my grandpa, and because he walked, what do you call that, pigeon-toed? What do you call that? Whatever that is. Because he walked his feet out like that, I'd try, I'd try to imitate him because I wanted to do everything he did. And, and before long, I was walking like that. My mom would slap me and say, would you stop that? Because why? We, we imitate who we love, who we're looking to. So I'm, I need to be looking at the one who loved me with all of his heart that he was willing to give everything for me. Amen? He said, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Walk in love. You, you realize that Focus on Family just done a survey with, with the local Christian churches. And two out of five in those local Christian churches that identified, I say identified as Christians, they say, do whatever you want as long as it don't hurt anybody. Does that match the Bible? Or does that match the teaching in the world? That's empty words. That's vain words. That's things that's going to lead you to hell. Amen. It's going to lead you away from the will and the plan of God. Verse 3. But fornication. Oh, it's okay now. We're past all that. We've matured and developed and we've grown. Sex sin started in the garden. And it'll be going until the very coming of the Lord. You better know where you're at. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Now notice this. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, that's just simply silly talk, nor jesting, which are convenient, but rather giving of thanks. God created us with a voice for a reason. Our words are pro are procreative, they're active. And, and so, if, if I'm not careful, if I'm not saying what God says, I'm going to be saying what somebody else says. And he said those empty words would what? Let no man deceive you with empty words. See, if the devil can get you saying what the world's saying, it won't be long till you'll be doing what the world's doing. I'm telling you the truth, because I'm not telling you, the Bible's telling us that. Amen? Let no man, let no person deceive you. The epistle of James... And then we'll move ahead. Uh, look at James chapter 1 at verse 22. James 1, 22. But be you doers of the word that you like. And but be you doers of all the word. But be you doers of the word and hear, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. See, we can say that everything's fine and dandy. Well, I'm, I'm saved. Am I saved according to my standard or according to Jesus Christ? See, there's a lot of people, they have come to church, but they have never come to Jesus. You've got to come to Jesus and let Him be your Lord, your Savior, and your Master. And then you know that you're born again. You know that your name is written down. You know that you have life in you. I know that. But be you doers of the whole word, not just what I like. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Drop down to verse 26. If any man 
uh, any boy, any girl among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man, this person's religion is in vain. We've got to know that those empty words will deceive us. Right now, that's where we're at. We've got preachers who stand behind the pulpit. They never preach against sin. You know why? There's certain things I don't want to preach about. Amen? Because when we preach it, we're accountable for it. So the warning is, there's going to be a great deception. Jesus warned us, Paul warned us. All through the New Testament, it tells us that in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. You had to have faith to fall away from faith. So we need to take this warning, and we need to be in the place where we recognize that our will can hinder us. Go with me to 1 Kings, back in the Old Testament, and let's look at how your will, my will, can hinder us and keep us from the place where God would have us to be. In 1 Kings chapter 22, we won't take time to read this, but you'll need if you're not familiar with it, you need to get familiar with it. This is where King Ahab, uh, he, he's, he has something on his heart. And what's on his heart is that he wants to, uh, to take back some land uh, that they had lost in battle. And so he knows he can't do it by himself, so he gets Jehoshaphat involved in it. And uh, that's, that's his will. That's will. He doesn't really care what God wants in it. He just want what's, wants what he wants. And so uh, drop down to verse... When the prophet comes, when Micaiah comes to him and tells him uh, what he didn't want to hear... It, uh, here's, here's what the Lord says through the prophets. Well, for sake of time, we'll just start reading in verse 20. 1 Kings twenty two twenty, And the Lord said, Who shall persuade? And that, that's that same word about deception, about your heart being opened. And, and who, who shall open up Ahab's heart, that he may go up and fall at Ramioth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said, on that matter. In other words, this is in heaven. Micaiah is looking in heaven and he's looking at where God's talking and there's all of God's heavenly host. Here's all the devil's fallen uh, evil spirits and, and, and they're, they're, they're looking at what's going to come from heaven to earth not because God doesn't have good things for Ahab but he can't get good things to Ahab because Ahab's will is about self. It's not about the word. Verse 21. And there came forth a spirit, an evil spirit, and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade, I'll open up his heart. Come on, that's what the word means. I'll make it uh, roomy to to a a vain, empty word. I will persuade him. Verse 22. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him. You shall open him up. And prevail also. Go forth and do so. God didn't allow it. I mean, God didn't uh, didn't orchestrate it. God allowed it. And if you read that, the next verse, it says, Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put... No, God allowed it, a, a lying spirit to be put in the mouth of all these prophets. And the Lord spoke, uh, had spoke concerning this evil that's going to go forth. God allowed this to happen. Because why? Because Ahab's will was, I don't care what God wants. I want what I want. 
So you and I, if we're not careful, we can have a plan. We can plan on our whole life, our own will. This is where I want to live. This is where I want to go to church. This is when I want to go to church. If I do want to go to church, this is what I want to wear. This is who I want to hang around with. No. If Jesus is Lord, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? we got to do what he says. Otherwise, it opens up the door, and here comes a lying spirit. Now, we've we got to recognize that you and I, we can feel the devil. We understand that. But when the devil and his workers are transformed, disguised as ministers of light, unless you are walking close to the Lord, you can't tell what the devil's doing. He, he disguises himself. It, 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 it sounds so real. That's what happened to even Adam in the garden. It, it, it sounded so true, so right. And all of a sudden, they lost everything. Ahab, he's going to go out and he's going to lose his life because he listened to a lying spirit. You realize there's so many people that are going to die today because they would not listen to the pull, the loving God, but they're listening to the very things of this world that has a hold of them. We got to say, Lord, I give you permission. Touch my will. Touch my will. Make my will your will. Read my heart. Show me the truth. Show me where I'm at. Show me where you would have me to be, where everything can change. Amen? All right. Go with me to um, Peter. Let's look at, in, I mean, in the Gospel of Luke, let's look at Peter real quick. This, what we looked at Ahab as an example of a, of a unbeliever can get in a mess well even a believer can get in a mess if we're not hearing the word in Luke chapter 21 Jesus just tells all the disciples the apostles here that the the, the foundation of heaven is going to be on them and, and and so you know how Peter was he gets a revelation from God and all of a sudden he gets pumped up Remember, it happened in Matthew 16. Jesus said, "Upon, I'm going to build my church, right? And all of a sudden, then uh, he starts telling Jesus, uh, no, you're not going to suffer. You're not going to die and all of these things. And, and Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan, right? So all these, but anyway, in here, Luke 21, look at starting in verse 31. Luke 20, I'm sorry, 22. Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. That word desired means to demand for trial. That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, notice what... Now, what, what, what do we need to do? If God gives us a word like that, we need to hit our knees. But look at Peter, and, and I'm not... I would probably do the same thing. I mean, if we was in that situation... But look what he, and he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. See, our heart thinks a lot of things. That's why we've got to let the Lord read our heart. We can be blinded. See, Peter thinks, wait a minute. You said that you're going to use me to found the church in part. All of these things. And we, we can think, oh, everything's okay. You know, I... I've I, I done this and I've done that. No, you and I, by the grace of God, anything we've done, we've done it by His grace. Amen. Amen? 
We've got to be cautious. And, and so Peter should have said, yes, Lord, thank you for giving me this revelation. Now, what, what do you want me to do? But no, he's telling the Lord what he's going to do. Verse 34, and Jesus said unto Peter there, and he said, I tell thee, Peter. See, now notice, see, you got, we've got to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, in verse 31, Jesus called him Simon, Simon. Simon means hear. Hear, hear, Peter. hearing by hearing, understand what I'm fixing to say to you. But now he calls him Peter because he's got a stone heart. See, if i got a hard heart, God can't talk to me. I tell thee, Peter, the, croc, the cock shall not crow this day before thou hast de- thrice denied that thou knowest me. Is that what happened? We've got to let God read our heart. We can't be blinded by what we think or what we feel. Amen? Go with me to, Acts, uh, to Mark chapter 6. Let's look at something in closing. So we've looked at a warning. We looked at the 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 the, the will of of uh, unbeliever, a will of a believer. But I want you to look at at how the way of the world is is seeping in. See, Jesus said, "I am the way." Right, John fourteen six. I am the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh unto me, but uh, but come to the Father, but through me. So He's the only way. But there's a way of the world, and that false light is trying to get you and I to accept what's abnormal is normal. What's wrong is right. What is dark is light. That's what's happening right now. And, and, and we're, we're being slowly, like the, the old sermon illustration about the frogs being boiled in the water, you know, the temperature's slowly being turned up and we don't even see it. But I won't take time to look at all this. But in Acts chapter 6, you got where they killed John the Baptist because he was preaching the truth. People don't like to hear the truth. They want to hear that I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm prosperous, and everything's great. Thank God those things can be and they will be true if you and I will hear what God says. But if we don't hear what God says, that we're under a curse. We're not under a blessing. We're under a curse. And so John the Baptist, he stood up for what was right. And he said, listen, you're not supposed to, to, to have uh, this relationship. Uh, and, 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 and drop down, let's just read it. In, uh, in verse 17, Mark 16, 17. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in, in prison. Why? For Herodias, this is his uh, wife, for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, uh, but she could not, because God's hand was there. Verse 20, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man, and a holy, and he observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. He heard him sweetly, it says from the Greek, sweetly with pleasure. See, he was a man who was like most people in the world today. He knew what was right, but he liked what was wrong. I, I relate to that. My old nature, come on, it knows what's right, 
but it likes what's wrong. The carnal nature, that's the way it is. And so here he was, but he liked hearing these words. But notice what happens. This is where we're at in America right now. We're in the whole world. And when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday, he made a supper to his lords and his high captains. Now, this high captains here, this is a captain over a thousand men. So it says high captain, so this is plural. So can you imagine how many people was here? We're talking about a, this is a huge birthday party, okay? A large number. And the chief estates of Galilee. Now notice what happens, verse 22. And when the daughter of the said Herodias, and Josephus, if you read the works of Josephus, tradition tells us that her name is Salome, uh, out of his writings. And so Salome came in and she danced. And it pleased Herod and them that sat with him. And the king said unto the damsel, Asked of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. Now, uh, I know right now we've got a lot of people who are taking this particular verse and they're saying, Oh, it was just a simple little uh, dance like your, like your child would dance before you. That's a lie. Because you cannot entice a group of men... You cannot entice a man to the point where all of a sudden, as we're going to read, that he's willing to give away half the kingdom because he thought you'd done a pretty little dance. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you know, we had, had a series that's produced by Netflix. What's it called? The Little Cuties or whatever. Where they're, they're, they're fixing up these little girls and they're causing them to to be wardrobe in a provocative way. They're causing them to dance in a provocative way. Oh, and it's just wonderful. Let's clap our hands. No, let's don't. We've got to stand up. That's not right. That's looking at a false light, and that's taking what's abnormal and making it normal. Yeah. Now, and I'm going to say it, you know, I, I, this uh, dancing with the stars. I'm sorry. I know it's been on TV for 30 years. Uh, but you look, I haven't, I've never watched it, not one time, but I, I just search, just, I get it, because it's come on my heart. You look at the, 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 the costumes 30 years ago was bad enough, but you look at the costumes now. If you watch that, and you sit there with your husband, or you sit there with your wife, I'm sorry, you've got issues that's coming up. That, why has that been on the TV for 30 years? Because it is pleasurable to the flesh. And I'm sorry, if we're not careful, you can let these little things slip in. And before long, you're not thinking about your spouse. I, you say you're nitpicking. I don't, I don't nitpick. I, I, I wouldn't be saying any of this if the Holy Spirit hadn't laid it on my heart. I'm just telling you just the way that I'm, uh, this has been funneled into my spirit, and I'm just giving it to you, and you can do with it what you will. We're, we're, we're in a mess in America. When, when you can promote sexuality the way they're promoting it, God gave us sex. When God's involved in sex, it's the best thing that was ever given. But when the devil gets into it, it hurts, it kills, it steals, it destroys. Let's continue. Verse 23. And he swore unto her, unto uh, uh, Josephus writing says Salome he swear unto Salome whatsoever thou shalt ask of me I will give it thee unto half of my kingdom and she went forth and said unto her mother what shall I ask and she said the head of John the Baptist now can you imagine 
how this girl is being raised up. I mean, first of all, here, here she is. Uh, her, her mom is married her uncle. And now she's sent out to dance this dance before them. And now all of a sudden, uh, she has this opportunity to receive up to half the kingdom. And her mom says, ask for John the Baptist's head. Does that not seem strange to you? But see, the devil wants things to be normal. Wants dark to be light. Wants abnormal to be normal. All of these things. And so we see the power uh, of when the flesh rises up. The devil wants control of your flesh. He wants the control of my flesh. He wants you and I to do what we want to do when we want to do it at the cost of not walking in love, as Paul told the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, but walk in lust. Walk in self. Okay. Verse 25. And she came in straightway with haste. Come on, think about this. Unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorrow, yet for his own sake and for his sakes which set with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and he beheaded him in the prison. And brought his head into a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it unto her mother. Because they were challenged by the word of God. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Why is the church not under persecution? Because we look too much like the world. When we start standing up for truth and we start walking in the word like Jesus told us to work and to walk and the will will come, then all of a sudden they're going to hate you. Because why? They're going to be challenged. But those who are be challenged, they're going to have an opportunity to be saved. But they'll never have an opportunity unless they see something that will change their heart. Amen? Go with me to Psalms 119, and we're going to look at a couple of verses, and we'll close. I, I, I want to let the Holy Spirit have a chance to do something in our heart. Look at Psalms 119, verse number 69. Psalms 119, verse 69. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Verse 70. Their heart, the proud, their heart is as fat as grease. This, this word fat means to be thick. It means to be, figuratively, it means to be stupid. You know the old saying, are you thick-headed? That's, that's where, where it comes from. In other words, so the, the proud who are, who they trust in themselves, they trust in their own will, their own works. Uh, the psalmist says their heart is fat as grease. Uh, they're thick-headed. But he said, but I delight in thy law. So I've got to come back and I, I've, got to, I've got to make sure that the word of God, is, that it's the first and foremost, it's the, the most important thing in my life. And if I don't do that, I'm sorry, I'm blinded. And I need to be honest with God. I need See, right now, I know that there's some areas in my life that I'm blinded. And I'm telling the Lord, Lord, I can't see this the way you see it. But I want to. I, I, I want to. I, I asked you, I give you permission, and I asked you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to touch my heart. Help me to see it the way you see it. I, I, I want to get out of the false light. 
I don't want to be blind. I don't want to be in my own cistern. I don't want to dig my own grave. That's what Jesus was saying. The blind will dig their own grave. I don't want that. I want to come up out of the grave of Jesus Christ. I want him to be my life. Amen? All right. So Psalms, I mean, Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 4. Isaiah chapter 50, and we won't read all of this. We'll just read one verse. This is talking about Jesus. And this is what we want to pray. We want to be like Jesus. Isaiah 50, verse number 4. The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned. That's what Jesus has. And so if we'll hear his words, then you and I, we can be a part of that. The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He awakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. So you and I, we've got to say, Lord, I want you to be the one that wakes me up every morning. Some mornings I wake up and my flesh is the one that's awake. My soul is the one, my mind, willing emotions, that's the one that's awake. But I need to step back and say, Lord, I want you to awaken my spiritual understanding. I want you, the one that has the tongue of the learned, I want you to tell me what this day is all about. What you have for me. What you want to do in me. What you want to do through me. Amen? Let's close with the prayer of, uh, of Solomon. 1 Kings chapter 3. We'll just read one verse. Verse 9, I believe it is. This is what Solomon prayed to the Lord when the Lord appeared to him. And this is what I want you and I to do this morning. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse number 9. Give therefore thy servant. How many servants we got this morning? Come on. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. Where we'll be able to see the truth. An understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? Verse 10, And the speech, better said, and the words, Dabar, and the words pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this thing. So we can please the Lord this morning if we asked Him, say, Lord, I want an understanding heart. That's what I want. More than anything else, I want to, to be able to know what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, what's light, what's darkness. And if we'll ask Him that, all of a sudden, we're going to see things that we never saw before. You realize that we hurt our children because we, we lie to them? They're, they're hollering, screaming, they never shut up. This is true. But, and yes, we'll do that later. We have no intention of doing it later. We're just trying to get a break. But we've got to stop lying to our kids where we'll believe our own voice, our own words. We've got to tell them the truth where they'll trust in the God that we're representing. Amen? But this morning, will you come to the Lord and will you ask Him and say, Lord, I want to be able to discern. I want to be able to understand. I want to be able to see some things. I want to be able to walk in a new place of liberty and victory in you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, to the best of my ability, I've laid out exactly what you dropped in my heart. 
I asked you, starting right here with me, I make confession before you, Lord God, before this group of people. I have got situations in my life where I'm blinded. I don't know and I don't understand everything, but I know that you are the Lord that is more than enough. And I know that you do understand and you are able to declare to me the truth in every situation. Lord, bring revelation into every one of our lives where the devil is working a lie, where he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, where he's trying to stop your will and your plan in our life. Lord, there's some situations right now where there's some people hanging on, including me, to some empty words, to some vain words. And we've accepted somebody else's standard as, well, that's right, that's okay, when we have not took it back to you. This morning, will you open up our vision to be able to take everything back to you? This is not about condemnation. This is not about uh, uh, coming back under the law, but it's living in the grace that really does make us free. Lord, let it be. I ask you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you come this morning and make yourself an altar and say, I, I want to see what God has for me. Uh, the, that my life is not as, as free as it could be. It's not as... Uh, uh, see, God wants you to enjoy everything about your life. But the devil, he, want, he offers substitutes and his substitutes always have side effects. Would you come this morning and let's just get before the Lord and just let Him show us the truth in some things. The truth is what makes you and I free. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, the Spirit of God, there's, there's somebody here that's really close to stepping into something that's going to cause you a lot of hurt and heartache. The devil is setting you up for a fall. And so this is, your, this is your warning from the Lord. And this is your chance to avoid a pitfall. To avoid something that's going to hurt and harm you. But you have to take heed. You have to act on these words this morning. In Jesus' name.